Welcome to Don Teeny, episode number 133. On today's show, Simone is preparing to receive her doctorate in magic. Steffi discovered way too late her high school magician friend was quite gay. And listener Michael has some heart-rending news, but you can handle it. Now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong okay. I uh, have, have it written down, cat heart. It's <laughs> the top well, of the document. And I forgot what the first thing was going to be. <laughs> well, it's because I want to know about the progress of, of, oh, of uh, <laughs> Captain Waffles and Niblet. So when we last uh, discussed this on the podcast, um, you know, you had them separated and we're trying to introduce them to each other. So uh, I've seen a few pictures, but do share with the listener the progress that's been made. Well, let's see. We've had Niblet for five weeks now and yep. he's doubled in size oh, but he's God, still no! i know i know but he's still little and he's like four pounds now we got him he was two so oh, little no. peanut and he's very excited about captain waffles and captain waffles <laughs> is like step off bitch so <laughs> for the past few weeks there have been intermittent times when i've walked in just walked in on captain waffles shitting in the hall just outside the litter box blatant looking me oh. in the eye going why the hell did you bring this as you said the life ruiner into the bathroom yes. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like ah. so um yeah the the it's been better i got the clever cat litter box that you recommended and yes. this week has been great no floor shitting at all oh and good i know and the cats have started giving each other baths oh which god as we've said before, is the stuff of which dreams are made. Yes, so that is when the that dream happens, that the cats will do that. <laughs> because it's like Waffles is like the mommy and then Nibbles like the baby kitty, you know. But um, so often, this is what I see. Captain Waffles is trying to just lie there and be still and she's flicking her tail because she's mad. And Nibbles like, yay, tail, yay, tail, play, play, play. And then the... Yeah. <laughs> occurring you know and yeah, yeah. like yeah so that that happens a, a good bit still but um they are being generally adorable and captain waffle slept very high on the shelf last night and we figured out it was so that niblet couldn't bother her while she was oh. up there because <laughs> she can't climb he can't climb yeah. that high yet Aww. yeah but waffles seems much more elderly now i think that like when i had babies i my hair turned gray and i see it happening to waffles kind of like oh, oh god no. i know she's like oh god this really i just want to lie here yeah it's kind yeah, of what yeah. i see happening so i don't know well you have that only been five weeks <laughs> i know i mean she she even looks bigger i think she's been stress eating yeah, so, yeah. I think that I think I think just in by comparison to to the lively cat that makes them look um look uh look old, seem older. That's true. You know? Yeah. So poor waffles. But is waffles, waffles getting enough attention? Is like yes. Is, yes. We're trying to see to that. Yeah. We're like yeah, yeah. Giving her as much attention and all yeah. that sort of thing, but you know, 
It's a completely Garfield and normal situation. Yeah. <laughs> Normal's like the cute new thing with the eyelashes. Oh God, normal. It's just like the weirdest best name. Normal. I know. I, I even thought so at the time. I was like ten. I'm like, that's a great name, and I yeah. love that normal kitten. That is a cute kitten. Yeah. Garfield I seems horrible. I think I was confused. I thought it was like some sort of typo. Like it was supposed to be normal. <laughs> I remember being really confused by normal. I was like, what? That's not a name. What is this? Yeah. I know. That's not a word. No. Oh. How are your kittens? They're doing good. Yeah, yeah. There's been some... Oh, Quincy, like, uh, I was in the bedroom and he was... Uh, uh, that's why he ran after Marnie because she left the bedroom. And then I hear... Because we call Marnie Milo. That's one of her pet names. He's like, oh, yeah. Milo made a mess. Oh. Milo made a mess. I was like, uh-oh. And so I go out there and this is like brown like long toad looking thing and uh, like like brown liquid next to it uh, but i also also i know the cat the 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 fur balls look like turds you know what i mean like they're long right. and thick like that so i was like so since quincy was are you gagging at the thought yes. of this oh my god i know you do sorry about that but anyway so i asked i asked quincy because since he was a witness this was like good communication so he alerted me the fact that she'd made a mess and i said quincy did milo make a mess from her mouth or from her bum or from her butt i said and he's like from her mouth so i was like okay so it's puke but i was just really happy that quincy was there and i was able yeah. to ask him a question and he was able to tell me what had happened so and then she puked again which confirmed that it was from wow you had yeah. an eyewitness i did have an eyewitness so yeah quincy's starting to get useful for stuff so yeah <laughs> finally yeah and also he's getting really useful at making a big mess he's just in the last <laughs> few days got into like swinging things and just knocking shit off the table oh. and it's awful and yeah yep. so that's that's what's what's going on around here with that you guys um, have a lot of fun breakables too unfortunately we do we, we've kept most of those away from him so yeah um, i'm not too worried about that stuff but like he started pulling out greg's records the other day which he uh, hasn't done oh. all this time it's like greg was so funny that i didn't know because uh, greg was telling it uh telling it at dinner with our friends last night he's like he just did the worst thing he's ever done and then it was that i'm like okay to you I guess that's the worst thing he's ever done. <laughs> but well, it's, it's so awful. Vinyl, so. Yeah. Well, Greg had this, got this rare Bee Gees single, and he was out, and Quincy had, he wasn't totally, like, being destructive, but he'd, like, knocked over this stack of records that was leaning up, and mm-hmm. the uh, Bee Gees one was around, and I was like, I took it away, and I was like, I don't know what to do with it, like, because if I put it in one place, it's away from him, but then the cats could stand on it, and I didn't want to just put it away and forget about it, you know, because I'm senile now, and I was just like, I don't know where to, like, there's nowhere to put anything, and it's a record, you can't just put it some weird place, and it gets warped, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, I was like, no. oh, this is the worst feeling. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember when Judah was about that age, he, he got into some, like, some powder that my friend had brought me back, like, body powder from Paris. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, it smelled so good, and it was in this yeah. little cloth bag, and he just shook it all over the living room. Oh. And I had to vacuum, it was nothing to do but vacuum it up, and it smelled really good in there for a little while, but yeah, yeah. I was still, I cried, I think, over that one. Oh, I don't blame you, that's horrible. Oh. I asked for it, I had a kid. So what's the Simone skincare situation? Because we were texting about that with listener Jonathan, I think. For a yes, minute. yes. 
So I guess this part, in part, you know, I'm 37 now and I've never, like, I don't even remember to moisturize every day. I, like, have the same tub for, like, a year and a half because I don't. It's a big tub, but you know what I mean? I just don't do regular skincare and I take it for granted that I have olive skin and that my mom looks really good for her age. But it's like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, the time has come that you need to, you know, step it up, you know, because this isn't going to last forever. So um, (laughs) I have no no wrinkles or anything yet. So, and also, like, my magic partner, Elizabeth, is 24. So, you know, like, like we're saying, like, waffles look seems old uh, right. compared to niblet so i'm like now suddenly i feel old and i'm i'm okay with that but when you're performing you know it's like i really don't want to seem like the old hag so i was like i need to at least maintain as much as possible you know so um so i just went to like the beauty store ulta and i like got all this stuff like a cleansing and a whole process like i do a cleansing and exfoliate twice a week and use anti-aging serum and then um, a night moisturizer and a day moisturizer and i've got eye cream and all this shit and i'm really into it and enjoying it but and then i asked the dong doctor i'm like am i just wasting my money like does any of this shit work and he's like well moisturizing with spf is important and um it's like the aging serums work a little bit and the clarisonic cleansing brush he's yeah like, yeah that, it, that, that thing that, looks like magic I love I, it I love using it I just feel like it makes me it keeps me in a routine of taking care of my skin you know because mine uh-huh. buzzes like you do your, your forehead for 20 seconds you do your nose and chin for 20 seconds and then each cheek for, for 10 seconds each but it like buzzes between each cycle so you know cool. when to move on and I love it so wow. um, anyway so he's like that has, has minor benefits but you know it's not really worth putting all the money into it's like oh, okay and then my friend Jenna's like got you know she's like totally believes in this stuff and does all this research so she came over and um, oh yeah she's getting, way into that yeah Gina yeah Giannis or yes yes so um so she came over and because um, I was I had got a little cracked skin around around my mouth so I was like oh I don't know which of these products is like kind of harsh on my skin or just needs to get used to it so she came over and did a bunch of stuff with all these samples and some of her own stuff and my f- skin just felt so great so um there's this product from japan that like it takes off all the dead skin and like it actually comes off in little balls like you can feel it coming off oh, and i had dry skin on my cheekbone i have something like that too is it's it like, like a totally in japanese it, this it's, is an appeal it's like it's sort of like it's just like clear liquid and you rub it in yeah, your face and nothing happens and you rub and then, it. it's called a protein peel on the on okay. the kind i have it's not japanese though and it comes like 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 stuff forms under your fingers and it's your skin yes, coming yes. off yeah I yeah love that. yeah yeah and i knew it worked because i had dry skin on my cheekbones and i did like a, a salt scrub that I, my usual thing that i use in the shower and it was still there i used an apricot scrub and it was still dry and after i used this mm-hmm. it was all gone and it's been soft and smooth ever since so i mm. totally believe in that product in terms of removing the skin but anyway but then i was at work and then i was chatting to my boss and she's just like paused after i'd said them she's like have you been getting some sun? And I was like, no. And I was just wearing like a tinted moisturizer and, you know, and, and a highlighter under my eyes. I was like, no, but I've started a new skincare regimen. She's like, yeah, it looks good. And I was oh, like, so nice. she noticed. She noticed Whoa. without me saying, oh, do you see any difference? You know, it's like, I guess, you know, like you force somebody to see something. No, she totally saw it. So that made me a believer because she, just, she saw it. And I feel like, I feel like my, my face just looks fresher and better just from taking care of it so maybe it doesn't need all that stuff but you know it's like with the bra thing with the pregnancy they said oh don't don't bother wearing a bra while you're breastfeeding it won't make a difference you know at night oh my god yeah i mean would you sleep would you you sleep with it as well i don't remember 
Yeah, that's I th- what I mean. I, I mean, think I, did. Where, where, I mean, I mean, during while sleeping, like I worked oh, oh, twenty four oh. hours a day. Like I never took it off. Like even I slept with it for the whole time I was breastfeeding, and my boobs are great. So you know, and I read all these things like, well, it won't make any difference. Or it might even hinder it because your muscles don't have to work on their own, and all this crap. And I was like, I don't care. I'm doing this anyway, and my uh-huh. boobs are great. So yeah, I uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna keep doing it because yeah, my boss noticed. So I feel like it did, something's awesome. happening. My boss yeah. would never notice anything like that. You LA people. Yeah. Like that's uh, how you know that you should keep doing it because if she noticed that, that's Yeah, yeah. And I've been there ten years. She's never said that to me. She's Please. admired my dresses. Right. She's you know, admired Okay, my tell hair, us all your products. But... We'll put it at Donctini.com. Yes, yes, <laughs> <The> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Buy it through Amazon, click through Doctini. Put the Doctini yes, yes. link. <laughs> oh god, yes, I should link to everything through the Amazon link. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there was an article recently about office air conditioning saying is often office air conditioning a sexist conspiracy. Um, it says scientists told us that women feel more sensitive to cold temperatures, which is why going to a movie theater can feel like stepping into a freezer. Working in an office all day can also be torturous if you forget to bring along a sweater. Over at the Washington Post, writer Petula Dvorak theorizes that the that intensely cold office temperatures are yet another example of the patriarchy dominating an environment. Dvorak, Dvorak researching this by talking to both women and men who are outside on their breaks, away from their cubicles. Many of the women were thawing out trying to soak up the warm weather. When the men were asked if the temperature inside the offices was too, they had no issues. How nice for them. So, yeah, it's like I never thought about that's that. really but interesting. As, as being a reason. But, I mean, it's such a common problem where the women are cold in the office and the men are just fine. It is. I'll tell you yeah. my theory. Mm-hmm. This is just for my office. It's 90% yep. women and 90% yep. women over the age of 50. So, oh, so they're all menopausal. Exactly. Yeah. And I've always been like, you menopausal old bats, I have to wear two sweaters in here. I don't say that out loud. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I've always blamed it on. But I'm not willing to rule out that the 10% of the men who work there do actually have too much say over the thermostat. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is yeah, your office in my cold? office, I think we've got one woman that's and and there's different sections are like are like uh, controlled by different uh, thermostats. So, but but we have a, a menopausal woman who's like always like cranking it up. But I think more of us are cold, and we have a new man in the office, and he uh, is actually a cold person. Like he oh. was leaving the other day, he was like, "Oh, what's it like outside yesterday or the day before?" He's a cold and like, yeah, it's not like bad. Us. Yeah, and he was like, "I was like, oh, you'll be fine." I said it was. I thought it was okay, but you'll be fine like assuming he's a man and he's not cold and he's like oh i'm cold i'm a cold person and i was like oh yeah. wow so like you never usually get men confessing to that and he's not like a, a, no. a, a, a totally skinny guy with no nothing on him and just all bones that's why I feel he's like cold. i know no cold men yeah i know one wow remember so, when you said that i do some hot things oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but like, that's why I said yes. Yeah, she's, she's yeah. She does so, hot things. Yeah, because you wound you were the window so down. Cold, you don't even like the air vents on in the car, and you yeah, said yeah. that I did. I did some hot things like hot putting things. the air on in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like as soon as it's like it's just like as soon as you get into it, and I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, uh, I need circulation. I don't know what that is. No, that's what Greg says too. But yeah, yeah I get it. But. um 
I have this thing because it's like been so hot, so I have like the air blasting on me, like right when I get in the car when it's really hot, and uh-huh. then and then I'm like suddenly too cold, so then I turn it off, and then I'm hot again. I turn it on, and then it's on me and cold again. Then I realize I need it on, but then I turn the vents away from me. But I need it on me to start, and then I I tilt it away from me so that it's in yeah. the car, but it's not on me. If yeah. it's on my face, I get a headache. Ah, <laughs> it's so complicated, guys. Yeah. It is complicated. And the other thing I always think of, like, well, this is in Celsius, so 16 and 32, 62 degrees, right? So, like, a lot of air conditioning is set to about 62 degrees. At least that's what my mom mm-hmm. would crank it to in the car. But I'm mm-hmm. like, this is considered cold. Why are yeah, we making it, it the temperature that is cold? You know, I couldn't I know. understand like it. Like, 70 is kind of where I like everything. I'm more like 74. For, yeah, oh, no, for air right. conditioning, I'd be think 70, yeah, if it's hot. But, if yeah, because it's, it's balancing, I guess, what's outside as well. So, yeah. Hmm. But, uh, hmm. <laughs> um, now, you recorded some stuff for this documentary three years ago, I recall, because when you were it visiting L.A. Uh, right. three years ago, we had... Um, uh, the people from the documentary met us at the Good Luck Bar. That's right, and, and you were right not yet pregnant. I, I wasn't yet. I was pregnant like two months later. Exactly. So, yes, I think that was but, our big, um, last big hurrah. That was our Pre-kids. last big hurrah, and that's why I remember when it was. Because I knew um, that would be the reason. I totally. That's how I remember too. things. Yes, I was like, that's why I know it was three years ago. Because okay, so yeah, so at, back then the documentary was called um, uh, Jesus. Don't let me die before I've had sex. That's right, and now it's called God. Give I think me sex. because of the yeah the domain, they changed it to Give Me Sex Jesus dot com. So right. that's just where you can go to look at it. But they just finally, after three years, they put it all together. He has some kind of he directs some kind of sitcom or something. His name's uh-huh. Matt Barber. His wife's name is BJ. She's mm-hmm. adorable. And I remember after we left the bar, you're like, what was his wife's name again? <laughs> I just, you go, I want to make sure I heard it right. I'm like, I was going to ask you the same thing, but her name is BJ. So, yeah. So they, the documentary is on purity culture and the harm it does. And I was telling you today, I was trying to watch it and I had to shut it off because it's the, it was the gay stories that really got to me. How Right. It's just so it was. It's so hopeless. The case that the evangelical church presents to you if you're gay is like, nope, yeah. you're wrong from the inside out. And ugh. so it's really good that this is getting out there. But I, ugh. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Trigger warning. Like I know if you're on the internet, the whole internet is a trigger minefield. But yeah, that's that will be going. Do you think on it would be helpful that. for someone still in it? Do you think those people would even watch yeah. it? Yeah. You know what? I think it would be helpful because I think that the exposure to this kind of stuff, to people who are in it, is what makes them start possibly thinking more critically and, and right. going, well, maybe there's something to this. So, Yeah. I just wonder yeah. if so much of the culture is geared towards uh, preventing them from even hearing any dissent yeah. about oh, their it beliefs. Is. It is. Yeah. Weird to that. <laughs> but yeah. I made it out. Listener Jonathan made it out. And yeah. <laughs> hopefully other people will. Yeah, so I'm in it, and I think I, they, I, I did like an hour-long interview, but there was only like, ended up being maybe five seconds of me and the thing, which is fine. Oh. On, on YouTube, there's like a, a longer clip of something I said, but um, Dave Bazan gave, uh, they said like two and a half or three hours of an interview, mm-hmm. and they didn't use any of his stuff. And oh, he just, really? He plays, a, he plays a couple songs at the end. So mm-hmm. I, I don't. I'd love to see all the stuff that got left out. Actually, yeah. if that's what was going on. 
Yeah, I guess that's more information than we usually... I mean, you always know stuff gets left out, but yeah, now we're getting a bit more of an idea of how much stuff is getting left out of these things. Yeah. Well, I mean, after I finish recording, I'm like, oh shit, what did I say about stuff I did at church camp? You know? Yeah, yeah. I think think Bazan might have had something like that. He's like, I need to talk to the directors and ask what I said, because I'm not sure. Yeah. So, like I said, juicy stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have Yahoo Answers down here. Is that how you say it? Do you say Yahoo or Yahoo? <laughs> Yahoo. I didn't know anyone said Yahoo. Yahoo. What the hell is Our wrong with you? Canadians say it. Oh, like to say pasta? Yes. And yes, pasta and Yahoo. teriyaki and tacos. So. Oh, teriyaki? Tacos yep. is the worst. I think tacos is the worst. Enchiladas. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So good. I'm so were you, you asking Yahoo. me about? Were you asking me that as an Australian, like in case I said Yahoo? Yeah, I didn't know because a lot of times the Brit- British will say their as the same way yeah, that Canadians yeah, yeah. will, but I, I don't yeah. know the rules totally. Yeah, for... I know it, it's not it's not consistent through the Commonwealth. So yeah, I think the worst thing <laughs> British say is you rhinos. Uh, they do. I haven't heard that. You rhinos oh, for urinals. You rhinos. Yes. <laughs> What do they oh, say in Australia? I think they say urinals in Australia. God. I also like vitamins. Vitamins. Vitamins is charming. Yeah. Vitamins. Because they've got this that, that upbeat tone to it. Vitamins. Vitamins. It sounds very positive. I, feel I like know. The, it's lyrical. The, I feel like the vitamins are going to work. Yeah. I'm going to pop, There's a belief pop around in the vitamins. for vitamins. Yeah. <laughs> it's so quaint. So anyway, like, Yahoo, Yahoo answers. Um, uh, so Jonah and I were chatting the other day and I can't remember what we were saying about but I ended up saying why are we so dumb you know whatever whatever it was and then um and then she just said she just sent me this link to Yahoo Answers and found somebody who typed in why am I so dumb (laughs) and it says why am I so dumb I can't remember anything all my friends call me dumb I'm practically like a male version of a stereotypical blonde my friends say I'm the dumbest person they know I've got a big fine to pay off because I'm dumb and pissed in public I just lost my original birth certificate in a public place I'm just so stupid oh my god (laughs) I just lost my original birth certificate in a public public place. place I'm just so stupid. The only thing I'm good at is drawing and sort of good at boxing. I'm just not the best. I got a 60 on the ASVABs and I didn't study. People say that's a good score. But why am I so dumb? Is there any type of treatment I can get? I don't know what the ASVABs is. It's some sort of, um, I think, uh, uh, military test. Yeah, A-S-V-A-B-S. Yeah. Um, Here's the best answer. You are not dumb. My brother scored genius level on test and he was always forgetting things and misplacing things. My mom would send him to the store a block away for a loaf of bread. He would have to call to ask what she needed. She took him to the doctor for this and the doctor said it's because he's too smart. That's Ooh. too spelled T-O. Um, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that he has all the stuff floating around in his brain and that he doesn't have time to think of little things. So maybe you are just too busy, T.O. again, busy thinking of bigger <laughs> things uh, that makes you come off as scatterbrained. Anyway. That makes yeah. total sense. Yeah, yeah. It's I like just that. that. But if you're so smart, why would you ask Google Answers why you're dumb? I don't know. <laughs> Your desperation. <laughs> I don't God. Know. I just think you can't be that smart to... to 
Lean to ask Google Answers such a dumb question. You know? Uh, I talked I want, to a doctor. Yeah. Is he you kidding? Know? It kind of almost sounds like a made-up question. Almost does. But then, it almost yeah. does. But there's a but sincerity I'm to, to it. <laughs> I want to oh, believe. I know. I'm so sincere. <laughs> Speaking of I want to believe... That's not uh-huh. the Game of Thrones thing. That's X Files. <laughs> but you were talking about how you went down the Game of Thrones hole. Oh. And you watched man. the whole thing. I watched the whole thing, fifty episodes. I think in the last episode I was like two and a half week two and a half seasons in and I was worried, oh, by the time this episode comes out, people will know and maybe people will try and talk to me about it and I'll hear stuff. Well by the time that episode came out I had like half a season left. So <laughs> Oh. I didn't really have to worry about it. I watched the whole thing in five and a half weeks. And nice. I just it kind of everything came to a standstill. Like every time I had to spare a moment in the evening, I just wanted to watch another episode, watch another episode. It was it consumed me, but I totally nice. enjoyed every, all of it. So oh, except the stuff so at the wall, that kind of bummed me out. If any Game of Thrones people um, know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it just scenes at the wall is like, uh, but yeah, it still is all part of the part of the story. But um, yeah, so yes. And it was really bad because it like, got me like my magic practice kind of slowed down a bit because I just wanted to watch that in- instead and I, I went to a magic lecture yesterday and was um, talking to uh, this magician who I like, one of my favorite magicians he's like totally awesome uh, it's Rob Zabrecki and um, and he was asking how the practice was going, I was like yeah it was going really good and then I got into Game of Thrones and I watched all 50 episodes but once I was done I got right back into it anyway that was before his lecture and then when he was giving his lecture he was just talking about doing this and getting things done and how you need to approach stuff and he's like you know don't just waste your time watching Game of Thrones like, and everyone laughed I was like oh <laughs> you're like I, got, I think I got called out in a non-humiliating yeah, yeah. way yeah yeah <laughs> and Elizabeth was there too and she totally knew and leaned forward because she was a few rows back it was like oh, oh my god! she just dug her eyes and gave me daggers <laughs> she knew because she'd be like oh have you done this I was like yeah I haven't practiced so much because I've been watching Game of Thrones it was almost like she was patiently waiting for it to end it was so oh. good Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. um, Do you have a new TV project at all? No, no, I don't. I'm not. Okay. I'm just trying to concentrate on the magic because my audition's coming up in November and Elizabeth mm. got her audition date before me. So she just passed her. So now she's a member. And um, so mine's coming up in November. So um, I just want to focus wow. on that now. Just focus on the audition, like not all the other stuff. But also we've got some, we're trying to work up our actual um, act for our magic. So we've got some people interested in having us do stuff. So we're really trying to step it up now. So yeah, shit's getting real with the magic. So. Okay, what's involved in the audition? Uh, the audition is you have to do an interview and just show that you're why you're interested in becoming a member, why you're excited about magic, um, mm-hmm. and then you have to do a little. Uh, they say prepare like four to five tricks, uh, a ten minute routine, but they'll usually stop you after two or three tricks if they've seen enough to get an idea if you're if you're decent or if you suck. So you don't have to be amazing. You just have to show some proficiency in magic, do a couple of slides, and. Um, yeah, that's what you have to do. Wow. And you have to be a good performer, too. Like, you can't just go through the tricks and be really good at sleight of hand and just be, like, looking down and not, like, giving a show. You have to show some showmanship. And I, I don't, don't have a problem with that. You don't want them to say, the best thing I can say about them is they certainly they were, were on stage. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with the show element. I just I just have to get comfortable with what I'm going to say and how I'm going to perform it. So, um, so I have some ideas. So I'm going to spend this weekend um, really focused. Like, I pretty much know what I want to do. It's just how I'm going to sort of uh, flesh it out and, and make it more of a little show. So I'm pretty confident I'll pass because I know where Elizabeth was at the day before her audition, which was, yeah. you know, it was shaky, but she knew what she was doing.
doing. So I was like, okay, you know, awesome. I, I, can, I can get through this. So I'm really excited. Yay. So, but once I'm a member, like you can participate in all kinds of extra stuff, and I feel like we can really step up our. Um, um, getting our act together um, from then. So, yeah, so that's happening. Tonight, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to the Magic Castle and Rob Zabrecki is doing a, a seance in the Houdini <gasps> seance room. So I'm really oh, excited. Yeah. That sounds really awesome. Do you know who they're going to try to talk to? Oh, I don't know. I mean, okay. they're not real, so I don't believe yeah. it. But... <laughs> I just want to. I know they they like they like fill it with effects and stuff and you know make it seem real. So that's, that's like, why. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that stuff freaks me out so bad. I would love to see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure once I'm a member, I can get you into a séance. So. Yes. <laughs> but Rob Zarek, he's such a master performer. Like he's like such a showman. So um, I hope you get to. See what him is someday. the documentary that I was mm-hmm. watching? What's the documentary I was talking to you about about uh, oh, about an a honest liar? Yes, that guy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, that James was Randy. That was that so good. Name? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I wanted to talk about that on the show sometime, but uh, um, just because I, I I loved that documentary so much because he was he was a magician, but he never really pretended to not be a magician and that everything he was doing was bullshit. You know. Yeah. So um, that was what was so amazing about it. And I loved like there was there was part of it where because um, he was all the like people that were like spoon benders like Yuri Geller and people like mm-hmm. that and and he, he was busting uh, blowing the lid off these like you know uh, evangelical you know uh, mega church yeah. assholes which was so great but um, but he was really trying to debunk the whole um, you know you know what is it like psychic ability and that kind of stuff and people who can like do things with their minds um, is that like telekinesis is that what that is um but I'm yeah not sure what but, the name is, yeah. but there was, it was what was interesting is that he had two guys that had like really knew um you know his were really you know followers of his and went into debunking stuff and they went in knowing all the ways that these tricksters do this stuff and 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 they were and they were so they were like passing all the tests that the psychologists were presenting them because mm-hmm. um they knew how to how to beat it but the thing was is that the psychologists wanted to believe so even though they're supposed to be doing this in the name of science yeah. they, they were skewing <laughs> their, their ob- ob- observing of it because they wanted to yeah. believe and i just uh. thought, wow that is that is so indicative of the human mind to just be like i want to believe yeah. this so i'm just gonna like yeah this gonna... desperation i need this can't be the end yeah <laughs> yeah um. so i loved that documentary yeah so now it's on netflix an honest liar about james randy magician and um quackery debunker so um he, it's pretty amazing yeah so. i really like i didn't watch the end of it but you to watch the whole thing i need to finish oh, okay. it and I, I was talking to Eugene about it because I thought he would really like it. And he told me that James Randi was actually a big part of his deconversion. Like he started nice. reading Randi's books on like the, uh, you know, with dealing with the evangelical churches and the mega, ch- you know, bringing down all those, you know, uh-huh. garbage preachers. And it was like, oh shit, like that really helped sort of awaken his critical thinking. So, Aww. yeah. Good on I, you, James Randi. Good it. on you, Eugene. <laughs> I remember, um, I was, as you're talking about magic, I'm thinking about a magic show that this guy named Brad, who went to my church, put on in senior year. Like, there was some kind of senior talent show or something like that. And he did this very elaborate magic routine to Pure Energy. That song? Dun, 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 dun. Pure Energy. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know that. To, I'm sorry. I'll have to, I'm, Is I that going to be the closing song? <laughs> I think it's going to have to be. Okay. <laughs> So he did this, like, very impassioned... Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, I want to know what you're thinking. There are some things you can't hide. The Depeche Mode. 
That's what the song was. Okay. <laughs> I was just remembering the beginning because it was like this shocking, startling thing. And I live in the Bible Belt, and this guy's like, you know, kind of effeminate and prancing around and doing this awesome magic. And but wow. it did not occur to us that he was gay. And right. Because he, he was dating my friend Elizabeth with an S, and she went to Shiloh Christian School. And <laughs> I just remember wow. all these details. And so, like, a couple years after, I asked my friend Jamie, How's Brad? And he's like, Very flamboyantly gay and i'm like <laughs> how did we not see you know so anyway yeah it seems like a lot of a lot is it is it common in uh, as much as the, the homophobia exists it seems like i know i see christians uh not notice are they not noticing or are they in denial about the gay people the flamboyantly I'm gay really people wondering. around them like that guy sounds very gay my friend yeah. um that i used to work with he was like i guess he wasn't out but uh, you know in a call center you know you know, people are very openly gay. <laughs> you know, it's full of openly gay people. So, um, he, as soon as he walked into us, like, oh, he's totally gay. And then, um, and then one of my coworkers said to him, "Are you gay?" And he was just like, <gasps> like he freaked out because he didn't realize how obvious it was. And oh, he, no. And, yeah, yeah. And so he was just kind of. And then I guess he was out in the office, and like nobody cared because you know there's so many gays and everyone's used to gays and nobody cares, so it was fine. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he told me that his dad. Um, his dad uh, and his family was very Christian and his dad was like oh Glenn you're such a drama queen <laughs> it's like oh, you have no idea <laughs> oh god yeah oh no yeah Jose and I so thanks to you um, I'm way into bitmojis now oh yeah and, and now thanks to you know subsequently Jose is so he's yes. been sending me all the most dramatic yes. <laughs> emojis where he's like, oh, no, you didn't, and yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, like a emoji is like an app that you get for Android or iPhone, and you make a little avatar of yourself. Um, you know, you choose your hair, your skin color, your eyes, and you know, your outfit and your body type, the whole thing, your boob size. And... Um, <laughs> If you have boobs. Um, anyway, and then it like has I all these stupid I put mine on the highest little, setting. She put hers in the highest section. Mine's <laughs> in sort of a medium setting. Um, anyway, and then it has all these like pictures of of your your avatar becomes the, the character in all these little pictures that you can send to people. So it might just say like FML for fuck my life, you know, with like a oh, expression on the face or like crying or sleeping on a cloud. Your little avatar is and it says, you know, good night, you know, just various things. But then there's ones of like, you know, swinging hand going, oh, snap. And they're all these sassy ones and angry ones and vomiting ones. And they're just the best. And it's just the stupidest way to communicate. And I love it. And I started sending them to Stephanie just one after the other. And she didn't know what the fuck was happening. And I go, how did you get that to look so much like you? What the heck? Yeah. And, and like, oh, okay, I have to do this now. So I was on the bus. Yeah. And I was very conscious. Like, other people could see my screen. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to make yeah, my emoji yeah. here on my commute. Yeah, it's the greatest way. Yours looks exactly it. like yours. So thank funny. you, thank you. We should put our bitmojis up on the on the um, Ooh, we on, the, on the on, on the uh, on the website. Yeah, I know which one I'm going to use. <laughs> How many magic <laughs> ones are there for you? Um, there's one of a uh, there's one of a the, my avatar my avatar wearing a, a top hat like holding the hat out and wearing like a tuxedo so it looks like a magician Ooh, I forget what right. it's saying it's not specifically magic but um, it works yeah so um, who gave me this yeah, yeah listen Eugene gave this to me so again well done um, Eugene um, so this is a book 
that is on Amazon, Kindle only. Shocking. Um, it's yeah. called A Billionaire Dinosaur Forced Me Gay. <laughs> and so I don't, I'm just going to read the description. I think that's going to be enough. It said, the year is 2014 and dinosaurs <laughs> have gained control of the world economy <laughs> due to exceptionally accurate stock predictions. <laughs> After gra- <laughs> After graduating from NYU with a business degree, John is hired to be the assistant for one of the largest trading firms on Wall Street. His boss, the CEO of the company, is highly regarded as the best businessman of the century. Only difference is that he is a dinosaur. Oh my god. Okay, is this trying to be funny or is it for kids or well, no no no, because it's like it's 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 some sort of gay fiction. So it says this is a thirty five hundred word hardcore gay erotic novel. It includes <gasps> rough sex, dub con, oral cream pies and more. <laughs> Even better. Yeah. Wow. And so the cover is like a it's like a ripped guy um, with, with like a, a hoodie that is open, so you can see his chest, and then a dinosaur with his mouth wide open right next to him, like he's going to eat the guy. <laughs> How much well, is it for Kindle? Two ninety nine. I think that's a bargain. Yep. Looks like there's more things like about <laughs> dinosaur erotica is a genre. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, there's Nailed by Dragons. Um, My ass is haunted by the gay unicorn colonel. (laughs) Space Raptor butt invasion. Um, Taken by T-Rex. And then there's a a, a part two. A billionaire dinosaur forced me gay part two. (laughs) So, there you go. What else have we got? The haunted vagina. Um... I don't care if my best friend's mom is a Sasquatch. She's hot. <laughs> wow. Um, let's see. Ravished by the side Triceratops. <laughs> Punished not, by the dark unicorn. So new to me. I would it's never new to me imagined. too. I didn't look at all of these. Because um, some girl in the Give Me Sex Jesus documentary was saying that she learned about sex from fan fiction. And uh-huh. I didn't understand, like, and I kind of skipped over. So, but now uh-huh. this is all making sense. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, wow. oh my god! There's one called "Ravaged by the Sabertooth Tiger," and there's Ew. a picture of a, of a ripped guy on a beach, and there's a tiger with its mouth open, and his mouth is like pointing at his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, I could go on and on, but wow. um, yeah. And this is all only on Kindle. I'm guessing none of these made I it. Pre- so yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, these are all Kindle editions. Yeah, no one's gonna actually print these for the four people that read that. <laughs> I presume. I wonder what the market is. I know. Maybe it's like um, way more. Oh boy. Okay, what's the whole glass harmonica name? The glass so harmonica. So my friend Emily visited um, about a month ago, and um, uh, and while she was here, I was like, "Yep, whatever you want to do." And she wanted to go to this place called the Veleslavese Panorama, which I believe just finally learned how to say. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so it's this it's this old theater, and it has like a panorama painting. It's it, and the place specializes in uh, forms of entertainment before cinema. So, oh, <laughs> yeah. So it's all in this old theater, and then it has so this um, they have a panorama in there. So right that this time i think till the end of the year it's like a a, a arctic scene and there's like a 34 minute just audio of like being out in the arctic and like wind and you know maybe you know 
polar bears or some shit, you know, like just all this stuff going on, but you just kind of sit there and look at it, you know, and the light kind of changes and stuff. But yeah, in the back, there's like a, a little garden and this little, this little like, like stone gazebo type thing with a little waterfall and there's like, you know, uh, meat eating plants and yeah, this just a, it's just wow. a neat place. They had like a little Inuit meat cabin. Meat eating plants. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just like a weird mixture of things, you know, but anyway, so this place is just there. You can go visit the panorama and kind of walk around the place. It's neat, but they have a, a special events there. So, um, the, the week after Emily left and she was like, oh, I wish I could go to this. She should totally go to it. They had um, this thing uh, about the, I've got the card right in front of me. It was called Enchantment of the Glass Armonica. And that's with it's like <laughs> harmonica without an H. Uh-huh. So it's armonica. So I didn't know what an armonica was. But you know when people play glasses by filling them with different amounts of water and oh, then yeah. rubbing rubbing water on the, on the rims? So um, uh, sometime, I guess in the, gosh, was it the, Whenever Ben, when was Ben Franklin around? I'm an idiot. Anyway, mm, Ben 1850s, Franklin. 1850s. Let's just yeah, say. Yeah. I thought 17, it was no, wait, 17. Yeah, I think it's 17. I think it was in the 1760s. Yes, yeah, I think it was 1760s. Yes. So Ben Franklin was in Europe and he saw this, you know, these glasses being played and he was really interested in it. So he wanted to make it into an instrument. So um, he got um, glass blowers to like start making glasses of, um, of various sizes. And um, and he like, uh, and he would like, they would make a hundred glasses just to get one that like had the right tone to it, you know, like for each, each note. And then they like put them like on a cork um, sort of pole that was like horizontal and then there's like a wheel and like it turns so it's turning so like your finger doesn't have to ro- rotate around things so it just keeps it wet you just it stays wet I think and the person just has to keep their fingers wet and just keeps t- and you can play it like a piano but you're just touching different glasses does that make sense like a bunch yeah, of sideways yeah. glass glass like just the bowl parts of the glasses like uh, nested together not without touching and yeah wow. it just turns and 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 then you like touch the touch the notes to make it play so that's the instrument that he invented and um and it was really popular for a while and women were sort of more proficient at playing it. So the, the presentation was they get the, uh, someone from Occidental College gave a presentation about the history of the instrument and then um, they brought in this lady from um, from Arizona who's one of the few people in the world can play it and, um, and then Whoa. she performed, she played it for about 20-25 minutes. It was beautiful. So anyway, but in the presentation was really interesting. So he invented it. It took off. People were playing it, doing concerts with it, and uh, but it, people would have a really uh, emotional reaction to it because it had such this like celestial, ethereal wow. sound to it. So people would yeah. like cry, they would faint, and all kinds of stuff like this really? was happening. Yeah, I love and, this. Yeah, yeah. No, I know that's why I, I thought it was worth sharing and going into the details because the details are so interesting. And um, so anyway, then there was this Doctor Mes- Mesmer was his name, uh-huh. and he came up with this gosh what was it called some kind of treatment where people oh it's like animal magnetism yeah it was part animal magnetism but he he was like talking about I read it up again because I couldn't remember the specific details of this but he had people come in and uh, they had like these poles that were like stuck in a tub of ionized water or something they will hold it and supposed to like cure them of stuff or you know and they'd have these weird experiences but he had a glass harmonica playing at the same time to um Support, you know, sort of uh, be part of the experience. You know what I mean? Of this whole sort of weird mind, mind fuck experience with uh, in his whatever treatment he was trying to do. Now, at the same time, a child had died during a performance of the glass harmonica, and people started blaming it like, oh, it killed the kid, you know, because of the weird reactions people would have to it. So it was kind of going out of favor with that. And then this Dr. Mesmer, and oh yeah, Dr. Mesmer, the word mesmerize comes from his name because what he was, yes, yes, because what he was doing was like getting people in some sort of weird, 
trance-like type, you know, healing or whatever from what he was doing. Then, so yeah, the word mesmerized comes from this Doctor Mesmer. Whoa. So anyway, so people starting to think he was like a, a quack. Following back to uh, to our friend uh, James Randi, um, as we were talking about earlier, obviously this is well before his time. But yeah, so into debunking quacks. So anyway, so they um, they started to think he was full of shit with his treatment, and so they called in Ben Franklin to sort of do it out and do tests and stuff. And so they tested it, t- did a bunch of tests, and Ben Franklin was like, "Yep, he's a quack." But what that did in the same at the same in the same breath was uh, debunk his own instrument that he'd invented. So people just started associating it with the quackery of Doctor Mesmer. And so the glass harmonica fell out of favor after that. Whoa. Yeah. How's that for full circle? Oh, so, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what made it fall out of favor. Oh, my God. Yeah. It sort of started slipping out of favor after that just because people were sort of superstitious. By, and then it, would, like, it was used by this performer. Um, gosh, did I... Oh my god! I hope I still remember what if I took like the the details of this guy, this performer that was like he did a magic show and um and and had like all this like hell type imagery in the show, but he was still using it after it had gone out of favor. But yeah, but it you mm-hmm. know it was like sort of very on the fringe after that. But yeah, so it was a really interesting presentation and. Um, and uh, yeah, then I got to hear the performance afterwards. And so, yeah, I just really want to um, keep in touch with what's going on at the Vela Slavese Panorama because, mm. I mean, I mean, it's a place that's like dedicated to, uh, you know, forms of entertainment before cinema. I mean, who the hell's doing that? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a great place. I want to become a member. You can become a member for like 35 bucks a year. So I think I'm going to do it oh, just to really support good. it. Yeah. Is it something that you can take Quincy to or is it not too friendly? Yeah, yeah, we, for took, we, took, we, took, we took him in the day yeah he just he was awesome. in a good mood just wandered around you can take him out to the gardens and yeah yeah he's fine there so i wouldn't take him to a show but i would take him just to go look at the panorama and stuff so yeah yeah so oh, that sounds yeah. amazing yeah, so, so uh, is there people playing harmonicas on youtube i'm guessing um, there is or? a guy but nothing is nothing is i don't think you quite get the sense of it and they, the woman in the presentation said that you don't get the sense of it sort of on recording or yeah um, I but i mean it's worth listening to just to get an idea of what it sounds like but um yeah but just the the vibe of it in person is definitely very different to um seeing a video or hearing a recording but oh, yeah so yeah it's like i can't tell anyone to go see that because where the hell is anyone going to see that again but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but at least if you're in la check out the Villa slavese panorama if you just look panorama los angeles you'll find it because that's what i had to keep doing because i couldn't remember the name <laughs> that's crazy I, it's so great that you live so close to something like the magic castle which is like the best thing in the pro in the country that you could go to for your magic particular interest you know and you have Elizabeth to be your part, you know, a willing, su- super interested as you partner. So anyway, that's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I know. Awesome. I'm very fortunate. It's 15 minutes away. God. And so I'm picturing lucky. you, you're all dressed up to go now after we're done recording. So you're all in your, we should, yes, you yes. should take a picture of what you look like. And I should take a picture of what I, I look like with my wet hair. Yes, and- we totally <laughs> should. Yeah. I'm wearing like a long <laughs> gown, though it's all hiked up sitting in my lap. <laughs> I'm wearing, so I'm wearing a shirt it slobbly. With, with a cat with lasers coming out of its eyes. Yes. <laughs> and don't forget pants. to take your picture as soon as we're done, because this will be hilarious. Yeah, I've got red lipstick on. My eye makeup is amazing. I've got. I'm actually wearing um, fake bangs. I'm all. I'm. I'm all done. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. We have to see I this. found my fake bangs in the cupboard the other day. I cleaned out my basket closet. So I was like, yes, I forgot about this. So I'm wearing. A, I'm trying to picture Greg going, what the hell are these? Like, if he just found them in a drawer. Oh, yeah, if he's just trying to be like, what the hell is this? That's exactly what he'd say, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay, so listener Michael Malili, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, contacted us uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and he—I guess he—he he, he told you about this already, but he um, had a very, very tragic experience where his um, his uh, daughter um, was was born, and then she died like 11 days later. And so he wrote a book. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fiction book, but he wrote it sort of based on his experience as a way of coping um, coping with that. So. Um, um, so he, I'll just read about the book so you can hear about it. But um, it says, oh, about the book. Earlier this year, we were blessed by the birth of our first child, Piper. She lived for 11 days before passing away early in the morning of May 6th. That's why I'm writing this novel, to tackle the unimaginable reality of losing a child, to contrast the mundane with the supernatural in order to show that grief can be equally horrifying as any ghost, goblin, or monster. I've come to learn that many people suffer through such tragic losses. Some statistics say as many as one in four women will experience a miscarriage and Every, th- every year, three million babies will die within their first month of life. It's a tragic fact and something we rarely talk about. I'm hoping this story can open the door for people to talk about what they've experienced or just let others know they're not suffering alone. The book's protagonist is Judd, a heartbroken man who has lost both his wife and daughter. The story will follow him as he struggles with the pain of his loss, even while having to do all the things that life requires in these moments. As he finds himself more and more lost, he's offered a shred of hope. His daughter may still be alive, but taken by an ancient society of inhuman creatures. As his investigation leads him deeper and deeper into a dark underworld, the reader will have to decide if Judd is truly on a righteous quest or just slowly losing his sanity. The title, 3.8, is exactly is the exact weight of my daughter's remains oh my god yeah so it sounds it's really sad but i i appreciate that he's you know trying to you know channel yeah. his, his experience in, in this way so he's got it's like a it's a, it's called ink share so it's not like a kickstarter crowdfunding thing where you're paying fifty dollars for you know five dollars worth of product you're just buying the book so mm-hmm. um so i support this so um yeah. if you want to we'll put a link to it on on dogtini.com but um the website is inkshares.com slash projects three point eight that's in the word the number three the word point and the number eight so mm. yeah but we'll link to it on the site as well if you'd like to um to order that book or would like to share uh your experience with um with listener michael oh i just can't imagine yeah i can't brave. either yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like I can't imagine. It's like I can imagine a little bit now once I have a kid because you, your mind goes there a yeah. lot, but you still yeah, can't course. imagine it, how it would be to have it actually happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I guess he's been a listener for so long, and he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with that yeah, with, us, thanks, with thanks. Michael, and I hope I hope our little plug helped. Hmm. Um. Now moving on. Now let's on follow to that up. <laughs> follow the, well, I don't feel bad segue. about following this up. Before, I don't feel bad about following it up like either. this because because he put amusing, at the end but... of his he put it at the end of the email. He concluded his own email on the subject with a dong in the news. So, <laughs> so I'm not the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the dong in the news that he provided was. No, um, I'll save the bionic penis for next week. Um, Mexican man says his 19-inch penis is too large for him to work. Women are afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> 
It takes a big man to admit he has a big problem with his penis. The Mexican man is not lacking in, in the size department, but hopes people can show a little more understanding of the difficult of having the world's biggest penis. Roberto oh Esquivel Cabrera, 52, of Saltillo, detailed the problems with having a penis that is nearly 19 inches long to the Mexican newspaper Vanguardia. He says that women are afraid of the cause of his elephant walk and he cannot have a relationship. He also wow. said his penis, which has a 10-inch circumference, is too long <sighs> for him to kneel at church or walk and he is living on assistance. Disabled Whoa. by a dong. Cabrera size would be the largest in the world as his length far extends past current record holder Jonah Falcon of Brooklyn, who has been measured at 13.5 inches. Brooklyn oh, yeah, also hosts the annual guy. smallest penis in Brooklyn pageant competition for people on the other end of the spectrum. Cabrera is at least hoping to profit off his troubles and become famous for his record penis. He said he would be willing to film porn starring his not-so-little friend. I wish him all the best in his porn career. I do too. Yeah. Gosh, is there is this a video? Oh my god, is this dong in the video? Please. Please. Please, please. Oh, there's an x-ray. X-ray's just zooming. No. No, it's just x-rays. Uh. Oh, oh! You can see it like down in his leg and it's past his knee in his pants. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow. Alright, so that'll go in the document. <laughs> <laughs> oh god so I guess we'll wrap things up soon but before we do um, we did last time ask people to suggest uh, what you should call a group of dongs and um, uh, listener Mashanda uh, my co-worker suggested a troop of dongs I really like that um, listener Alexis commented a slap of dongs a slap a slap <laughs> And listener Chris said, after reading some uh, of the quiverful movement, I was thinking a quiver of dongs. Ah. <laughs> we should put these up for a vote. I feel like somebody else emailed me another one or something. I feel like I'm missing one or two that I got, but I, at least I have those three. So thank you, listeners, for your contribution. Let's keep this open for another week. Uh, what would you call a collection of dongs? And then we'll put it up for a, uh, for a, a poll. So, yeah. I stand by my murder of dongs. Oh, yes, murder of dongs. Yeah, we can't leave <laughs> Death that by out. Dong. I haven't even contributed. I should contribute. I mean, I'm, I'm in the dong business. <laughs> yep. All right. With that, we'll wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're buying anything from Amazon, go to dongtini.com and click through so we get a kickback and can stay on the airwaves with our murderous dongs and commentary. Um, so until next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Bye. Bye. It's worked so far, but we're not out yet. I want to know what you're thinking. There are some things you can't hide. I want to know what you're feeling. Tell me what's on your mind. Energy.